Welcome to the Magic Hours Podcast. I'm your host, Zoe Flowers, and this is the podcast where we talk art, culture, and spirituality. And I'm so glad you're here. Let's go. Welcome, welcome back to the Magic Hours. I am Zoe Flowers, and today I get the pleasure of talking with Christina Love. And so I'm going to tell you a little bit about who she is, and then we're going to go ahead and get started. So Christina Love is an Alutic? Yeah. Alutic Shugpiak? Um, Sug, it's a Sugpiak. Sugpiak. Woman, she, her, from Igik she's going to correct me, village, who was raised in Chitina, Alaska. Christina is a consultant, recovery coach, and civil and human rights activist. Christina has dedicated her work and energy to systems change for targeted and marginalized populations. She is a formerly incarcerated person in long-term recovery who currently works as a specialist for the Alaska Network on Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault, which is ANDVSA, the state coalition the state's coalition of domestic and sexual violence programs. Christina's role focuses on intersectionality with an emphasis on trauma. Christina is part of a collect of collective movements that work to end violence, oppression, shame, and stigma through the liberation of education, community healing, and storytelling. So we are going to go ahead and just jump right on in. Christina, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a huge fan of Zoe's and um, all the work that, that you've done. And so I'm grateful and I'm, I'm already like loving this conversation that we've been having. Yeah. I'm really aware of how I feel and I love it. <laughs> and for you all that don't know, so I am actually a little bit of FOMO here because can barely even look at Christina because right over her shoulder is a huge mountain. <laughs> And like beautiful water, so it's absolutely stunning. Snow, snow-capped mountains, all of the things. So, um, but let's go ahead and get started, Christina. And I'd love for you to just tell us who you are in the world. Yeah, my so my name is Christina Love. Um, my pronouns are she and her. And my family is originally from Igikik Village, which is located in the Bristol Bay region of Alaska. Um, um, my grandparents are the, the Kellys, and I was raised in Chitna, Alaska, on Atna land, which is in the interior of Alaska. Um, today, I live on Linket Ani, um, which is home to the Akintaku Kwan of the Tlingit Nation, also known as Juneau, Alaska. So we have, um, we are, our state's divided up by regions. We make up um, 60% of all the tribes in the U.S., and so we have about 570 different tribes here. And I am enrolled in in, um, in a couple of different tribes, um, but I am home um, to the Alutic Nation, even though I live on the on Clinket land. Um, I am incredibly grateful um, to be part of this movement. Um, the um, the position that pays my taxes um, is the position with the, the network that 
focuses on intersectionality. And um, if you've been following Zoe, I, I assume that you know what that is, but um, sometimes I just say that that is, um, that means that we can't talk about domestic violence and sexual assault without talking about housing and homelessness and incarceration and poverty and, um, and substance use and historical and generational trauma to understand how um, all of those things connect. Um, the emphasis on trauma I, I, is, um, my favorite. It's been incredibly liberating to me to learn about the science of trauma, about the science of addiction, and, and really to normalize the way that people survive. And so sometimes I'll, I will phrase it as um, the way that people um, behave. Their behavior often tells a story when they don't have the words for that. And um, substance use and mental health are very natural effects to an unnatural thing. And that unnatural thing is the violence that people have survived, individual, community, collective violence. And so that my position um, um, is that of a storyteller in all different ways through um, through education, through media, through podcasts like this, um, to tell the whole story about who we are as Indigenous people and um, how we came to um, to be here and what it means to be um, an Indigenous um, woman in this day and age. And so I talk a lot about my own history and um, and I love connecting what I have learned along the way. So everything I do professionally, essentially people are eating off my plate that I've set and um, eaten for myself and it's, they're all liberatory practices. I deeply believe in um, the liberation of education is what I like what I like to call it. And um, yeah, I'm, I am, I'm so grateful that I get to live on this sacred land and be connected to it and um, and that I have an opportunity to um, to tap into everything that I have um, learned through experience and through um, other types of experience. And yeah, I, I love these types of conversations where we get to think bigger and globally. Yeah, so I'd love to hear what's on your heart in this moment as we're engaging in this conversation that you would want to share with folks? I, I think the, you know, the first, um, the first thing that really comes up for me is um, the gratitude for where my life is today. I, I'm in this beautiful house that sits here on the water and I have my partner with me and he's taking care of our eight month old son downstairs. And um, today's Halloween. My daughter dressed up as a fox princess and um, she went off to school and rode the bus and um, yeah, I took a, um, a hot shower um, in this beautiful um, abalone tile bathroom and like the, the, the privilege is very clear and um, yeah, I had a clean towel and I have um, matching socks and my mukluks on today and my cusbuck. Um, and my cuss book that was made by Marie Riley, um, who was a woman who was murdered in uh, Anchorage, Alaska. And um, yeah, my cuss books were made by, um, by another indigenous woman um, who isn't with us. And I, um, I'm acutely um, aware of where my life is now and where it was and everything that had to come into place for me to be able to be here, to have my basic needs met, to be able to reflect and have awareness. And, um, and I, I think one of the, the, um, the strongest messages um, that I have and that I share with people is that um, the harm that happened to me is a product of um, community. 
a lack, as well as the healing that has happened um, comes from community. So understanding how um, people come to experience things like um, physical and sexual violence as a child, um, sexual violence as an adolescent, as a as an adult, um, incarceration, homelessness, all of those things are um, a product of disparity, you know, are a product of communities not having what they need. And, and for individuals doing the harm comes out of disparity. They are also, so I think one of the um, biggest revelations for me and this incredibly healing concept is this idea, this truth for me, that there isn't anything wrong with people, there are only things missing. And for some people, those are big things. And for some people, those are things that have been missing for a long time. Um, and that is an important concept when I'm telling the whole story about indigenous people, when all people are seeing um, are these communities that are um, in, in, um, experiencing a lot of um, violence and, and harm. And I will talk about that, like the statistics of that is really important because the majority of the people who are doing the harm are not indigenous. And that's important mm -hmm. for people to know because mm -hmm. it's part of this narrative of how people see us and also like internalize how we, um, how we feel about ourselves. Um, and so that, you know, when we, when we think about um, individuals or even like that concept there, like just to like meditate on that, that there isn't anything wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. And when we are in need, maybe it's we don't have our basic needs met, we don't have shelter, we don't have safety, we don't have relationship, we don't have community. Like those are pretty big things. And that's an important concept when we think about where people are now, um, still in this era of COVID, after a lot of disconnect, not having community, not having ritual, tradition, culture, you know, or connection to those things. Maybe we still have, we still have them. The, no one can take that from us, but not being able to engage in them, the, that, that impacts the way that we feel about ourselves. Um, so I love, I love diving into that, like all of us being this um, representation of the communities that love and adore us um, or not. And, and what happens when we don't have um, those um, in place and how that impacts our identity. The other like major thought is that like for each of us that we could have no higher thought than who we think we are. And my um, connection to identity to source came from a connection to other individuals and through community. Even though source was always there, like having by, um, by being able to, um, yeah, every, everything comes from relationship. And all, like, we're hardwired to be in relationship. Everything comes from right. relationship. And I, and I, for me, that has been so liberating because it um, allows me to have a lot of compassion for moments in time where I didn't have those things. And, and, and my behavior as a result of that. That, that all of our behavior tells a story even when we don't have the words for it. So like going back to like small adolescent, um, small children, you know, and um, like my son, he's eight months old and he doesn't have, have words yet, but I know, I know based off of his behavior what he's needing. And that never goes away. That never, never, never goes away. So I, I yeah, I appreciate like this. We're just like getting right into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. We just trim the fat, no messing around. Oh yeah, no. No, we don't we don't do that. <laughs> we don't do that over here. <laughs> I am um curious about and yes, yes to everything you said, right? This this need for community and what happens when we don't have community and also when what we do have so often is this large voice telling us 
who we are also. And so, so many times people, which I like to say from the global majority, don't have an accurate picture of who we are. And so, and like you said, the behaviors tell a story. So the behavior tells the story of people who really don't know about their connection to source. And then trauma happens. And for me, one of the things that I talk about as a healer with people is that the soul is not damaged. That's my belief, mm-hmm. right? We feel like it is because it's so personal to us. But to me, it's like the trauma and the things like that are a natural outcome of racist, sexist, patriarchal society. Like, it's like, how could these things not happen, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And also, how did you begin to connect to the source within? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we have like two big ones. Um, (laughs) I think I I wanted to... You know, I, I have this, I have this, um, I have this story. I was just thinking about, it came up like, uh, yeah, maybe it was because, yeah, we were doing some breath work or, but it was a story I haven't thought about for a long time and it came up, but, um, but how like source saved me from a really like violent sexual assault, like, the, and oh man, it was so it was, um, surreal, but I had, um, my mom used to tell us that the trees know a name for us that we can't remember and that that our dna is mixed with them like that they take everything that 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 we don't need and they give us everything that we do so like our life is a result and they like and we so we're connected and um and she would also say that if i didn't have someone to talk to then i could tell the animals or i could tell trees and so i growing up i um had a really difficult childhood. My mom, my mom has autism and uh, developmental disabilities, and that's like a whole other story. And um, and and she was preyed on by my father, um, who's a convicted sex offender, and he went to prison when I was about twelve um, for sexually assaulting me and all of his children. And um, my, I think not only like the individual trauma, but then also like co- what I understand now is like this collective, historical, generational, and community trauma. Um, I was experiencing as a child and um and i just remember times where i would have like fits of rage and people didn't know what to do like i i just would be um i mean i understand now like my lids were flipped i like my my ability to my emotional my psychological my physical ability to navigate those i didn't have a grid for i didn't have tools for and so it, it manifested in this really big emotions and this really big behavior and people put a lot of labels on that and i had a lot of shame about it like i just remember like just um feeling like i was going to explode from all of these emotions and so what i started to do was um yeah i would go away and i would just feel really bad like i really love these people um and i understand like a lot of that comes from um, I felt um, the most angry toward like the people who did love me and wanted to protect me like as a result of like my father being like having family that was supposed to be the ones that protect you and love you when they cause that harm than anybody who got close then it was like very that's like incredible story of like how my, my mom um, 
was brought in by another woman um, while she was experiencing homelessness. And, and this woman look af looked after her for, for many years, many, many, many years, and allowed her to stay with her children. So I'm, I'm grateful for that, that I was continued to have contact with my mom. But um, I built a bench on the we um, our house in Chitna that we built ourselves. Um, we didn't have uh, running water, and uh, and we chopped wood for for heat. So we lived a very it's called a subsistence lifestyle. So we lived off the river, and we lived off of the land. And we would make trips to the larger city once a month for for food. But that's that's where we lived. Um, and on the back side of the house, there's a stream, and um, and we set our houses at the bottom of this mountain. And I made this path where there wasn't a path up the mountain, and there's this huge tree along the rock side. So to get to the very, very top, you'd have to climb um, this um, these huge rocks. To, and so it was the last tree, and it had this natural lookout over the over my house and over the town. And um, and you could see it just dipped down in this valley, and I could see over to the lakes and the river. And so I would hike up there, and I can remember, like, they... Um, I, if I think about it hard enough, I can go back and I'm there. Like I'm, I, I am there. Like it's now. But I can feel the dirt under my fingernails, and I can feel the wet leaves on my skin. And then when I'm sitting there, um, I'm aware of how my body feels. And as I'm like climbing, like everything that I I don't need is coming off me. And by the time I get to the seat, I'm exhausted. And so I, I, I remember going up there with my wood and my hammer and. Um, making this bench and um, and I there was this big tree there and I would put my hand on it and I would just try and um, I would just ma imagine everything coming out of me and into this tree and then it being like um, nutrients for the tree like that the, the tree was happy to take it and mm -hmm. I, sometimes I would sit there and, and cry and I, re I remember like screaming at the top of my lungs up there and I also remember having these very big thoughts about like why why am I even here like I, I was still like deeply. We had a lot of missionaries that would come through the village, and um, so I had a lot, I had a lot of different ideas. I didn't know what God really was, but I had this strong connection, and um, I, so I, I had a lot of um, divine tools that I didn't, I didn't, I wouldn't identify it that at the time. But looking back, absolutely, like that's what was happening for me. And my first and like big encounter, like overwhelming encounter. Um, I was at school and um, my dad had gone to jail and it was on the front page of the paper and like everybody knew the kids were making fun of me. And I was so, um, I was embarrassed and I was angry and I was sad. I was so overwhelmed, so overwhelmed. I had no idea how I was gonna like come back to school. I graduated with nine kids, you know, so it's not like everybody knew. And I remember going into the bathroom and just thinking like, okay, like I'm not gonna cry, they can't see me, you know, and being on the bus, I'm like, I can feel my nails and my skin all the way home. And then I got home and I collapsed on this giant pile of clothes and uh, just cried. And I just thought, well, like, you know, why am I here? How could I ever go back? Like, how could I ever like overcome this? And um, I had this encounter, my, my whole room filled up. And I, I'm telling you this story because I had this very recent revelation. Um, and, and I can connect it to a research paper that we can connect on here, but it's so fascinating. Um, my whole room just filled up with love and I, I felt so much love and then something told me that I was going to go to sleep. And when I woke up, I knew exactly what I was going to do. And that was like my first, my very first. And I ended up, I ended up applying for scholarships and I went to Germany and traveled to Europe. 
but this is what I what I have recently found. So I know that the divine was there. I know that, and I know that my ancestors have been with me. The other thing that I know is that I was with me too. I just found, I just found this research and it has blown my mind about this prayer study that they did on people um, um, who were on their deathbed and they, they divided them in two groups, um, one group of people who were being prayed for, one group of people who were not. And the people who were being prayed for um, had like dramatically different um, results and did not die and recovered very quickly. The thing is, is that people were praying for them 10 years in the past. Like, oh, like this. I mean, the more that I learn about science and research and connect it to spirituality, I always thought that science was like the opposite of spirituality, but like it confirms it. Yes. So after finding that, like I, when I go back to these moments, like I am there with me. Yes. I am there as I am now going right. back with me. I just got goosebumps again. Like yeah. when I figured that out, that I knew this presence with me, like I, I know the divine and that's a, that's a different feeling. And then I had this familiarity, like I have known them my whole, and it was, it's me going back. And there's these other moments where I'm with myself and that is, um, indigenous practices when we talk about one person receiving services and how that connects to a whole community like i can't be disconnected from my community the other thing that we talk about is that when you heal one person that it, it's healing outside of time then it heals past generations and future generations yeah. because time is this construct like that is i mean i didn't i never like i have heard indigenous um and and elders talk about that um i can i'm, I'm make sure that I, I quote her that it's um the the elder that i'm thinking of that i i know who said that that when you when you heal me you heal past generations and future generations this idea of like healing and prevention being outside i'll talk about it as like fourth dimension prevention but like yes. that like that was that was one of the the biggest like most profound moments of my life one so that i learned that i could call for help and that help will always come and um and that this feeling of love that was so much greater than anything i had like i knew love for my sister i knew love for my mother and for my friends and this was like on another level and so like then i like i was like i will search for that whatever that is like my, my whole life so and it has mm. and it has always come through always wow so much there I mean, so just on the, because now I'm curious about the coalition and um, if you all incorporate these practices into your work as a coalition. So I don't know if you know that I've worked at several coalitions in my DV career. Um, five? Five? Four? I think five. One twice, one I'm working for again now. Um, as oh, yes, yeah, I remember you told that story. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yes, I remember. Yeah. Yes, right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I know that typically um, coalitions don't really engage in that kind of healing practice, the kind that you're talking yeah. about, sadly. Yeah. Um, is this something that you all do at the coalition level or are these things that, like for me, a lot of the things that I wanted to do that were kind of outside that, I do it like, yeah. on my private time. Oh. Is this type of work something you do um, on your private time or is it because the coalition is in Alaska that they have more space for indigenous practices? 
Yeah, I will be very, I, I'll tell you exactly what I would tell them. I am the only native person that wasn't hired into an entry level position. And we, we have not been able to keep um, staff of color. We have not been able to keep any staff who has any type of marginalized identity or experience. And it, so it's a, like most coalition is predominantly white. It's a very white space and, um, and it's a very harmful space. You know, it is, it's very harmful. It is taxing. I, um, I am able to um, ask that we really focus on cultural responsiveness. I mean, I had a friend come up from um, from Canada, and she was here like one week and um, was helping me with my baby, listening in these meetings, and she just said, if the majority of Native people are being harmed, and it's happening in the majority of Native communities, why isn't it all Native people working on it? <laughs> I mean, she was here one week. And so, yeah. you know, these, like our coalition has been around uh, since the anti-rape movement. So we're going on like 52 years now. Yeah. And it's been a hundred years since women's suffrage and like that, like understanding that history of like the very beginning, how it was led by black and indigenous women, primarily black women that put, that were pushed out, you know, that they said, I mean, like, so, so much of my work is coming back to that and honoring what, incredible um, women um, knew from the very beginning that mm -hmm. that that we that we know we know yeah. and that um, that we are the best people to talk about our those experiences and so we just did a big conference and I talking about cultural responsiveness and so um, these um, we do I try and do um, as many trainings as I can with it because it's not just our coalition it's all of these services all of these services are predominantly white and then we have statistics that prove racism so this is this is a really important concept because um this is maybe one of the other most important things that i could say is that even if we had all the money it wouldn't make a difference That's that right. people still can't access services, still can't sustain services, and are harmed by being employed by these services and by navigating through these services as a result of da -da 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 -da, racism, sexism, yeah, ableism, like all of those those giant dividers, those all of the ways that people get othered is exactly. And so I have a lot of a lot of harm I experienced um, during my time of incarceration and homelessness trying to reintegrate into the community, that process of, of immersion coming back into the community. And first, I, I was naive. I thought that by working in these places, specifically like places that are focused on anti-violence, that it wouldn't be harmful. It's the same harm. It's the exact same harm. Like, yeah, like the calls coming from inside the house, like for people to understand how it is relational, the way that we think, the way that we talk, the way that our core beliefs, the way that we interact leads to this giant culture of violence. This whole movement that has blamed men, like that's how we see violence happening one-on-one, -on -one, but it's a result of this larger, like deeply toxic culture. Um, and I am, I was absolutely part of that. Like um, part of my healing journey is undoing that, acknowledging the harm that I have done as a result of a lack of um, understanding, a lack of education, a lack of humility, a lack of, you know, all of these things. And so I, I, um, 
I honor that. I honor that I have had proximity to these spaces to be able to learn, and I have privilege to um, be able to undo those things. But yeah, it's like it's like what you tell people. Like once you see it this way, you can't you can't not see it. I mean, so to answer your question, no. Like we are, we're like we are so. There's a lot of. I mean, um, a lot of resistance. And so that's why I bring in consultants like you, because the louder you are about this, then the more you become a target. Yeah, absolutely. I have like a quota of things I can say per day, you know, before it really starts to erode and wear on those relationships that already for me do not have trust. Don't, they're not safe. I mean, I am, I'm heavily masking in these spaces. Like I definitely do not talk the way that I'm talking with you. Like it is very, it's a very different space and I'm, I'm in it. I continue to think of, oh, I, it provides me a vehicle to be able to work all across the state. And I want, I so much want, um, it to be diverse. I want more people like, um, transformation has to happen for these spaces for us to come in, but it's chicken and eggy, you know, yeah. when we go in and right now, like I, I, I have so much respect for you, um, and carving out your own way removing, like I continue to think of, I don't know if I should stay and, and continue to experience. And so many of my colleagues have left to do other things. Yeah. A lot of it is the stubbornness. I'm like, they can't have it. Like they've had it for, they've had it for 50 years. They've had it for a hundred years. They've had it for 500 years. Like if I they know. were going to solve racism, they would have solved it by now. Like, like just, yeah. you know, get out of the I way. Do. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And so yeah, I know. I mean, that's why I worked at so many coalitions, you know, first of all, the first one I was at, I didn't know I was a survivor. I just thought I was dating somebody who was angry. Right. And yeah, so, right? To, <laughs> right. And I was, you know, much younger and um, started reading everything when I got to the coalition, which I'm sure you are the same, like just devour the, everything. Oh, but in a way that ooh, there should be some word for that. What? Because it's everything connects to, I mean, um, that, oof, that's good. Um, that education is political. Yes. Of course. It is so political and oh, our yeah. communities need to be empowered. Like I, I like, I have a vision for where my career is going and it's deeply in mutual aid working directly. Like I can't make sense of this, like trickle down education. Like it just yeah. like where I'm educating EDs and managers and even staff with the hopes that it's going to get to the people who know, but like when we know our rights, when we understand that what's happening to us, like when I started to look at like even while I was incarcerated and looking around, seeing mostly black and brown people there and, and starting to put the pieces together and dramatically shifts. So if it, right from being like this morally corrupt person, I just remember having this like revelation that like, I'm so bad that I can't be in community. Like they have removed me from community and like how deep that touches you. But so internal, like I can't, like they have removed me from being in the community. I'm not part of the community anymore. And then all this like reentry, like to join, rejoin the community. And I'm like, wait a minute, I never left the community. And also to start thinking about myself more as like a political prisoner than like this damaged, broken, you know, human being that's dangerous, like that has to be like removed. And, but like that type of thinking or like Black Panthers, like people were educating people. People don't have um, money or resources to feed their children. And they know the shame and guilt about that. So we're gonna give them food. And then we're also gonna educate them about why they don't have that, that it is not, 
it's it is not because you are failing as a person or as a parent it is because of this larger picture by design by design and that's liberating and that's liberating and 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 so yes education is political and so is intentional miseducation right? yes oh and god so, yes so it's like right of course we're not going to be i mean look at how they're trying to get well not trying banning books right now burning books right now right like not allowing our ancestors to read not allowing women identified people to read right and so miseducation is absolutely intentional and political and so as a survivor once i read oh my god like wait a minute this wasn't just me that had like this angry person oh and the things that happened to me as a child this is like happening to other people and and there's a whole like lineage of of people that worked on this before me it's like that education piece is like which i think is one of the things that's missing now in the current movement i think about oh absolutely 20 years ago when i came into the work we had conference we had access to so many things whereas now i don't see that as and and it could be because i'm not as connected to the field as i used to be um but no i know i think that like whenever we um have the ability to open up something um statewide or nationally people are coming in and we're talking about things i i i have to remember like where i was and my progress because i always want to talk about like where i am now and i have to like bring people on this journey with me to talk about these so these these um concepts and i really had to learn how to think critically like i that was like um it's not just like what we're learning but how we're learning and um and i had to learn how to hold complexity and layers and i think that like you said like this disinformation is really important because because there's an attack on education and it comes from like a lot of the messaging that comes from um these these um political parties that are in direct opposition to um anti-racism anti-oppression they have these like really quick like one-liners that are not complex that like are really easy to take and then repeat but if you have been taught how to think critically and you have access to education and resources like i there's this wonderful book um it's called educated and that like that it reminds me and it's this woman's journey um out of um um, out of religion and having contact with education and the more educated she became um, the greater the distance between her and her family. And nobody talks about that, like on your healing journey or, uh, you know, and that education is part of that healing journey. Um, that, that the more I understood that, you know, that these, my close proximity to my family was not healthy for me, that I couldn't, I did not have the power to change them and being in close relationship with them, um, is not good for me. Like making that decision, devastating, devastating. Um, like my, my, um, the beginning of my recovery journey started within um, AA and NA. I, I was raised in those communities um, as well as like organized religion. And the more that I was able to think critically and look around and, and see this space of community that I had learned so much, I understood the reason why it was so helpful is because I had connection to relationships and um, to community and they did teach me important concepts and after i got to a place where i looked around and saw a lot of sexism a lot of racism 
and thought, this is not for me anymore. Like that I, I had outgrown the space and the same questions about like organized religion, like, oh, we're playing, we're praying to a totally different God. <laughs> if you're asking to pray for me and you're praying to white Jesus, don't pray for me. <laughs> like yeah. This is not, we are not the same. Like this is not, this is not, yes. Like coming to a more, like this is a very narcissistic God that this is not who I know. This is, that's not who I know. That, that's, not the, that's not the feeling that I get. There's no way that my grandmother or my mother is a better God than their God. <laughs> yeah. You know, like really deeply, you know, um, starting to that, 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 um, that you will go through a phase of um, feeling lonely. Like there's, there's, an in, there's an in between there where you, you are, if you are, you really, if, I mean, being connected to source absolutely saved me totally where yeah. I, I, I did not, or, um, working coalitions. Like I, I was raised up in a DV shelter. They taught me, they taught me everything I know. And uh, they would say that I grew them and they grew me. Yeah. And then I got to a place where I'm all I could see, you know, was so much racism you know, and, and, and such a lack and so much despair. I love them and I work with them um, dearly. Um, but I, um, they had asked me to come back and be the director of direct services. And I just said, no way, no way, because I knew, I knew it would be too harmful for me. Like you keep, you keep going you, and I, I will continue to engage, but it has to be like on my own terms. Like I set those, I set those parameters. Yeah. So sorry, we're only communicating through phone or sorry, I will only see you, you know, here and there. And I'm going to stay in my own hotel or however that goes. Yeah. Like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I totally, I mean, there's so much resonance. And so for people who actually can't see us, I'm just like nodding like mad because a hundred percent, I credit the movement so much. I mean, absolutely. It's the first place really outside of like a few like really close family that's like you know um chosen family chosen where i felt yes. seen heard believed lifted up totally i was smart oh my god here's a microphone girl go do this workshop no you can do it because surprisingly i used to be kind of like shy i still can be oh sometimes. yeah no i but, know that right? i know that Yes. Yeah, right? I until I went to the D V world and they were like, do this empowerment. Workshop. Do this check. hundred percent. A hundred percent. And so it's like so and I was even talking with a mentee um two weeks ago now and I said, you know, I, I really have to reevaluate my actual experience in this movement to make sure that I'm not taking on other people's stories. Because even though, yes, I was fired from racism from my first coalition, and but after that, um, I that would be traumatic for me. That would be oh, really listen. traumatic for me. That would be, I would, oof. oh, oh no, oh, it would be like, don't take it personal. No, I would be very, oh, good. no, that would, that would cut me deep. That cut oh, me so no. deep. I was cut deep for a year and shamed. I've never been fired before or since from a job. Usually when I leave yeah. a job, people are crying. I have several yeah. parties. Yeah. So, yeah. so to be Oh no, fired, I'm afraid. I'm afraid all the time that people, that I'm going to get fired all the time. Oh, it all was the time. six months after I bought my first home. 
No, no. But I almost lost my hat. That's a whole other story. This is this is our. Anyway. I know, but people but- <laughs> have to understand that, that anything that we do connects to anything that is in our DNA. That is every time that we've ever been homeless, every time that we've ever been ejected, every time we've ever been abandoned, and now think back through our entire lineage for the last 500 years. Like, it's all present there. Feeling Come it. On. Feeling Come it. Come on. Ugh. No, in Atlanta, that- Georgia. No, no, no. Almost no. lost my home. Like the whole thing. So well, and like- people also have to know like that, that professionally, it's a small world. Yes. So if they kick you out, it's clicky. They're mean girls. Yes. They are mean girls. And if, yes. they, if you get kicked out of that, like, yeah. Oh, yes. we have. So, yeah. so, so what happens after you do that, right? So you're rejected. So I had the shame and I had all of that, right? So I left DV for a little, like went to corporate for like two years and then I was back in the movement. I love and it. You're like, they're not gonna keep me out. No, right? they're, they're not keeping me out. They're not- this market. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That, I would it would take me, yeah. I mean it would probably take me the same amount of time to heal from that. Oh the resentment, yeah. the pain, the shame. Oh, oh yeah. man, that would oh. hurt. Oh <laughs> yes. To it's all big. Of that. So it's, it's big. big. It's big to come in as a survivor. Oh, we're uh-huh. all in this together. I yeah. learned so much. And then the minute I started like speaking up and like basically acting like my white colleagues. Yeah. I got I fired. Know. You Everybody else same, got to you stay. You that same energy Everybody back. else got to stay. You can't handle it. Yeah. Everybody else got to stay. People got promotions. The, you know, the black girl gets kicked out. Yeah. So there is there there's an image of that. Like there is like a let me see I'll I'll find it. We can include it in this. But it talks about the it talks about um, the process of hiring um, people who have marginalized identities and experiences into these nonprofit worlds. And it's where you go and it, it talks about it going from pet to threat. Like in the beginning we're very cute. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and uh, they uh, they're happy and they get all the kudos for hiring us mm-hmm. until we're there long enough to really start questioning things and ask for change oh god not even like systemic like i mean we're asking for that too but a lot of it comes from like asking for our basic needs to be met mm-hmm. to like to be acknowledged to be treated as a human being like i don't even like mean equal we're not even like we're not we're so far from talking about being equal like to just like not be disrespected and harmed on like a daily basis Absolutely. oh Absolutely. and then it, yeah. <laughs> And then we talk about it and we get, we get vocal about it and then they get rid of us. Like, and, and, they and they're just, yeah. yeah, it just, and they, and it just becomes a, it just becomes a I'm like, thing. Yeah, except for me, that's not happening to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have no, I just don't want to speak it into existence. I have, no, I mean, cancel and delete. Plus, I know cancel that I have no, uh, I, I'm acutely aware though. Um, and it, yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely thought that I have. I think we talked about like, I have that quota, like I'm aware of like when I am Yeah. and to not it's it's a it's a yeah it's a fine line you know when you cross it you know when you've crossed it well the thing so the interesting thing for me speaking about reading so i had actually gotten a tarot reading like a month before and they were like you need to leave but i know you won't but Uh, i feel that to say i carried that for a long time and then i carried other people's stories for a long time but i also had really good experiences in this movement and so even though like i had an experience that's horrible and have watched horrible things happen 
But I also, for me personally, have really good experiences and promotions and all these things. And so it's complex, just like you were saying, right? It's, it's yeah. very complex. And so it's so important, I think, for us to really get clear about what our experiences really are and how can we go about changing those narratives for ourselves so that we can figure out how to navigate um, this work, but, and not just for the work, but like our, our work work, like our life's work, like our missions work is the thing that is the most important for me. Figuring all this out. Absolutely. Like, yeah, where I think that's probably why a lot of us, I know for myself, I'll speak for myself, why I stay because I can see the bigger picture. Yeah. Yeah, that, that we are, we're talking about something that has been missing for a long time, a really long yes. time. Yeah. That, that we, we come into the space and it's missing for us. So we know it's missing for other people. And it's never been there. It's never been yeah. there. Like that we, we don't have anybody who's asking those critical questions about um, the, yeah, the connection between the color of our skin and the rates that we're harmed and the rates that we're dying that yeah that i mean even though we have these you know like fancy scientific terminology and these report like these this these uh, research and, and data that shows that harm that happened to us a long time ago is still very present here it just has a different name and like every every generation it's the same thing it's the exact same thing like we we still have slavery here today like and it's bigger than it's ever been. It's bigger than it's ever get, been on like the the most enormous scale, and um and it's legalized, you know, through the Thirteenth Amendment. But like that's just like one thing, and to understand like how that impacts all of us. Yeah. So we come into these spaces, and we're harmed, and we don't have our needs met, and we know that that's happening. Like, but while that while that's happening for us, we have a job and we have houses. Meanwhile, people don't have those things. We have community. We have, we live in a country where like there's a child that's dying right now from starvation. And the likelihood that it's from your community or mine is really great. It's really, right. really, really great. That's so right. then we stay in these spaces because we're like, well, we're looking around and nobody else is saying the things that need to be said. That's and right. so, yeah, it's, it's a hard thing. And eventually, I mean, I know that there, I see more of it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for like the next generation, like, ah. Mm-hmm. I'm forever like this, this prophecy over, I, I would say, I'm going to do great things in my life and my child is going to do far greater. Like the, the next generation coming up that they get to, we get to pick up where the last one left off, you know? And that, I think that's what that we were talking about coming in. It's like this voracious appetite for learning. Oh, I yeah. still have it. I could, I just, I'm so hungry for it. So hungry for it. Picking up this book, reading this article, listening to podcasts like this that expand my being that yeah. like help me understand who I authentically am or who our communities are yeah. and like in that connection. Oh, Yeah. And what would it mean? I want to go back to this generations piece because a lot of the, I was involved in a practice with a teacher really for like the past three years. Um, and so much of it, and it was based on Mexican um, shamanism. And so much of it was healing the generations behind and shedding Ooh. ancestral patterns. And that was one of the yeah. things I would say is like, you know, free me from the ancestral pattern, the dream and the ancestral dream of, 
and then whatever it was that we were shedding so whether it was poverty or lack or violence of mine was like a lot around like those things to shed those things so that you know so that I can live um yeah and be a positive impact but my question for you because you mentioned prevention what would if you could create your dream prevention programming or yeah what would your dream prevention programming include oh i we have dreamed of it for a long time there's a group okay. of us we get together yes my favorite so we were we were um on lake like a nick and um I flew into dillingham and we went out to this um this cabin that sits on this island and that it's an advocate who um, who owns it and it's her favorite place to be she just goes out there badass woman that like yeah runs her boat chops her wood built this house and and she loves to bring people out there so we're out there and it's a group of indigenous women and we're planning this uh 40 hour training you know for, for certification here in alaska and we've made the training so that we are bringing it to communities and then using local knowledge local resources so that people learning um, from their community by their community and we help the community you know to um, to organize that and then we also come in and provide education too but as soon as we came into like the presence of one another it was like we all had small pieces and then the larger picture came together and that like is that idea uh, this truth that culture is prevention culture is treatment culture is resiliency and culture is resistance and we so when we we were looking at it specifically in the context for substance use and mental health because our villages and even our hub cities have to come to these larger cities to access um care and um and the rate of success is awful that's like that's like a 70 percent um rate of return to use you know and a lot of my work is making that connection between substance use and violence and so um being very cyclical Right. And so understanding like that, that this leads to higher lethality rates, higher rates of harm. And um, so the dream was that um, that we would work with communities to empower them to have these pathways that would be family. Right. So it would be the entire family coming in and doing like culture camp where they're receiving this education. And it's very, very similar to um, like the, the Black Panthers model. So we're like meeting people's basic needs. So we're teaching teaching them how to how to sew a net, how to lay a net is what they call it, so that they can go out and do their own fishing and feed their whole family for the year. Um, or um, or it's berry picking or basket weaving or making earrings or, you know, any of these avenues where they are connecting with our culture and providing the education for the whole family. If you look at a lot of like education, specifically from like the DVA, um, right, it's only targeted to the workers, never the people who are directly impacted, and it's never the entire mm -hmm. family. So mother, father, okay. aunties, uncles, everybody coming together. And let, like, ha let's have a conversation about how harm in the past harms us now. Let's have a conversation about the, the impacts of, um, of trauma on your mind, on your nervous system, um, on your behavior. Um, like liber so liberating for me to learn that if you are in trauma, 
um, that you can't retain information. That's so important because I grew my entire life thinking that I wasn't smart because I could read a paragraph over and over and over, gone. And to this day, like, why we can't do paperwork, you know, when you yes. are in trauma. Like, uh, to understand those things, like this, this, this so we're providing, um, we're connecting to culture, we're meeting people's basic needs, and we're giving them the education. And it's all like community centered. So they're, they're learning from one another. We're making those relationships, talking about what it means to be, um, to what, what needs to happen for us to have healthy relationships. Like first the education about why we don't have healthy relationships. So there's no shame there. So we understand even for people who have committed the gravest harm, violence is a learned behavior and colonizers were our first abuser. Like that's not part of our culture. It's not part of our traditions. So we need to understand that we live in this culture that we've inherited that is um, settler colonialism, conquest, conquer, like very violent. Right, very violent. It hates women, um, and part of their evil plan is written out, you know, by the Supreme Court, right, to kill off all indigenous people. And then when that failed, then colonization and assimilation through, like, and they listed it out through, like, dissolving our tribal justices, erasing boundary lines, and diminishing the status of women, elders, and children. They knew, and that's a really fascinating thing. Giving them that. Um, understanding and even for people who are part of that culture like even like who have direct lineage to that for them to understand that they were once indigenous themselves and when the roman empire came up and they were trying to conquer they were matriarchal tribes in europe and that 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 um that um, culture is what came over here, you know, to North America. But they were they, these matriarchal tribes were conquered um, by the Roman Empire, um, appealing to men. They could not conquer them. They they had, I mean, like whether it was like Valkyries, they had these these women who had great status and great strength and great strategy. And how they were able to conquer these tribes was by convincing men that they should have more power than women. And that's how they came. And that's where that schism happened that we still like experience today. And that's all part of it. So, so we're getting, so we're educating people, indigenous and non-indigenous about how we're all indigenous mm-hmm. and how we all came from and how like these, these um, you know, these, these, these countries, um, Ireland, you know, France and Germany, right? They were all indigenous one time. They traded their own culture for privilege and they themselves like and why we have these like these high rates anyway so that's that's what it is it's community it's relationships and through education and and the most important part is um by giving people the experience of what we want them to know so if you really want to know something then you walk it out you feel it and our elders taught us that we'd go out berry picking and they'd be telling us a story but you're moving your body and then that memory is um it's in your bones it's in your muscles so we're out working the land we're out fishing we're out picking net um and and we're talking about things and our elders are teaching us and so then it becomes visceral i mean so that's a really big part so that we we go back to learning in these natural ways we go back to learning through storytelling um and connecting to land and then through a lot of rituals through, through prayer, through ceremony, through um, gathering food, through the honorable harvest, like in this very honorable way. We're asking permission. Um, we are giving gratitude. We're only taking what we need and um, and we're teaching our children that. Oh, I was, I was telling my baby, um, 
Well, I, mean, I think I might cry, but I, w I was talking to him and I was I was talking about how like prior to contact that we believed that our children were sacred and that when our children would come into the room, no one would speak because what they had to say is very important. Mm -hmm. And that we would, there was no ardent spirits. The elders talk about how anger um, is a very powerful weapon that, um, um, that, that diminishes the light and the fire that, that we hold that all people hold and the first five years are the most sacred and during that time they are loved on and they are nurtured and they're never told no um and so it's important to think about like what who would we be what would our self-esteem be if like if during that time we believe that we were the center of the universe that we are the universe I mean, that whole fight. So we're learning to like be nurtured. We're learning to nurture. And that's what it means to be sacred. That like our women, our children, all of us, and not that men weren't, I just, we have to say it because it's hard to think about matriarchal through this like patriarchal lens. Mm -hmm. But this is part of that prevention is that remembering who we are, remembering how we are in relationship, that like a lot of these things that we see today are symptomatic. That's not that's who right. we are. Um, so there's that re-remembering that happens. So I was, yeah, I was crying. I was, I was, I was holding my son. I was kissing the bottom of his feet and I was talking to him about, um, about who we were before this, you know, because I'm in that in between of, of, um, who I want to be, um, who our ancestors say we are, and then still struggling with unlearning and undoing, you know, yeah. that gap in between who we want to be and, and who we are, you know, yeah. and I'm just, it was so, it felt so good, but I'm being able to, and I think that's another aspect is that I have my children with me and everything that I know about parenting I learned from watching people like I'm gonna get I'm gonna tell you this this short story and this it's like I think this is one of the things that we want to share with people so there's this woman um, who's very open about the violence she experienced and so um, she was taken and um, her mother was in BIA school and um, a lot of it's so, um, the Bureau of Indian Affairs we talk about it sometimes we say mission school sometimes we say BIA school my mom went to BIA school my mom's mom went to BIA school um, my mom's mom like our whole every, everybody in the community did and our community was also impacted by internment camps and that's another story um, very similar to concentration camps they just called it something else they do that a lot you know we call things by another name so it's important right. for us to call it out for what it is that's right. but um, so this this woman was very honest about that and her family struggle so she was removed and placed um, with a uh, with a preacher's uh, um, family he's a preacher preacher's wife and that's another thing that we often like equate we have to know the truth about removal that removal placed into care does not mean safe does not mean protected and she was not so she experienced a lot of harm um, as a result of this uh, this Catholic uh, family this woman who she knew had also experienced a lot of harm so then she grows up and has her own children and finds herself repeating out this harm they beat her she beats her children and she very blatantly tells a story about how she remembers the last time that she, um, she can hear the sound of her three-year-old body she threw her child hitting the floor I mean, she's, she's speaking to this large, um, and and she remembers the, the last time that she slapped her daughter, you know, across the face. But this all changed when um, she was in an apartment complex, and she had a neighbor upstairs. Um, and I love the way that she talks about her. She said she had bleach blonde hair. She looked like Dolly Parton, and she would rest her hands on her bosom. And... Um, but she remembers the very first time she was upstairs and they were having coffee talking and her daughter came and was interrupting their conversation. And her immediate reaction was that children should be seen and never heard. So she was annoyed. 
and she she expected her to act in a way that she didn't. She she said she turned to her child and she said um, she turned to her friend and she said I'm very sorry, please excuse me. And then she turned to her child and she said, um, "What is it, dear? Remember we talked about you know not interrupting." But she was so calm and compassionate and understanding, and she had never experienced that. She had never even witnessed that. Right. So she said she went home and she tried. She used the exact same words that it felt weird for her, and she continued to watch this woman engage with her children and over time she said it didn't happen immediately it took about three years for her to change her behavior but only when she came in contact with something else that like that story is so powerful for me because everything that i know about about how to live how to parent is also because i watch people like you you know i watch people on their phones i watch the way that you walk i watch the way that you talk i um like even on this podcast i'm like taking notes i'm like riverside okay this that i'm learning i'm learning from you and not it's so important that like that we acknowledge that's who we are as human beings yes. and that um that these these ways of being have been taken away from us and they don't just magically reappear yes that yes. we want to give people that that's prevention that's what we want to give people that's prevention that's prevention and that's why we need our own spaces yes we do and we have to Yes. Yes. And they're and they're and they're coming. They're coming. So I have my cards here. So we talked about doing a reading. Everybody, you know, people who listen regularly, you know this is a part of what we do at the magic hours. And I love it. I'm I'm so, so excited. So we have um this is my very first reading ever. And I knew when I, when I, when I saw, I, I was like, okay, that's so funny. Cause I had planned, I'm like, we're going to do the podcast and then I'm going to talk to you immediately after about yeah. doing a reading, except I, I totally, I planned on booking it and yes. I wanted to see if we could do it on Halloween. That felt important to me as well. So this is right. such like, this is such a gift for me. I'm so excited. I I've wanted to do a reading for such a long time and I knew that you were the right person. Thank you so much. And to be doing it on Halloween is like, oh my gosh, what? With it's magic. So thin, it's it's literally magic. So, so we have choices. So I can do overall theme um, of any situation, um, or if you have a specific question, you can ask it like in your head, not out loud. Um, so to you. Ooh, I don't know because I'm new. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I always I have a thousand questions. Okay. Um, I mean, overall, I mean, I think it's great. Okay. I, I, um, hmm. I'm just looking at other decks while you're talking. Okay. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just so thinking you know. like I, I can see where I'm going to be. I'm, I guess I, I won't, I'm trying to think about how to like talk about this without asking you the question without saying mm -hmm. it out loud. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. I think I, uh, okay. I think I have it. I think I have it. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. Wow. Oh, but I also, I'm like overall, what do you, do you have any intuition so, about it? So the overall is just like, what's the overall message that your guides want you to know at this moment? It's just like the overall theme surrounding. Yeah. Just like whatever's happening in your space. It can be overall theme of work. It can be overall theme, your mission. You know, it's it's up to you. I'm going to just grab oh. one more deck that I haven't grabbed in yeah. a really long time, which is interesting to me. 
I would love to know how you um, got into tarot Ooh. and how. Yeah. Oh, it sounded like you said it differently. Did you say tarot or what did you? How did you I say did. It? I did. Yes. I tarot. How you got into it? And, yeah. yeah. Um, how did you learn and well, yeah. what drew you? I have so many so... questions for you. <laughs> so I've uh, so this is so interesting. I pulled the story oracle. This is like a deck that I haven't used literally in like a year and a half, maybe even longer. But it's perfect for you because you're a storyteller. Yes. Um, so I've always been into um, the mystical, the magical. Always like from a very young age. Um, but because I didn't have access to, you know, mysticism the way we have it now, I grew yeah. up going to church, right? Like of, of right. my own accord. Like my family is right. religious. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I know. Like, and I was the go same way too. Like, I just want to be, <laughs> yeah, would, just yeah, be I in that walk, space. I would hitchhike and I would go. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, um, so I was just always into witchy things, like doing light as a feather, stiff as a board. Like I yeah. also grew up in the mm -hmm. suburbs, right? So yep. it's like, you know, you do all those things. You don't really do that so much, like in black <laughs> families, I don't think. Oh, oh yes. And so, um, so yeah, I think I got my first, I don't even remember when I got my first tarot deck. I probably just didn't play with it. And then at some point in the early to yeah yeah some point in the early 2000s I got my first deck when I was living in Florida and we went to this like just little crystal store I used to find crystal stores everywhere I went uh -huh. and but I was into crystals like I really was into crystals and yoga and all of those things and and this is why people you know I'm not gonna get into I've talked about this before but there's like this whole very upsetting anti-yoga um, stance that many conservative Christian people take um, particularly at the time that I was really into yoga because they say it's like a gateway and what it is, is it's a gateway to enlightenment, <laughs> you know, but they, but, it's you know, a thinking outside, to... right? Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But there's more than the story we've fed. Exactly. So, so I was very much into chakras, like in the late nineties and again, going to crystal stores and all of these things. And so I had this deck, but I didn't really do anything with it. And then I got this, uh, I moved probably when I moved here. So that would be in 2011 when I moved to New York, when I started to do yoga more regularly. I mean, I started to do Tarot more regularly. And then when I became a Reiki master in 2012, when you get Reiki one, it's like an introduction. When you get Reiki two, they say you start to become more psychic. And so I would be doing Reiki on people and I would start to hear things. Oh, this person needs to drink more water. Oh, this person, like this one person on the phone, she's calling for a consultation. And I'm just seeing buckets and buckets of chicken and blackness going through her body. Oh, like no. Oh, no. And oh, so no. I said to her, I said, I just keep seeing buckets and buckets of chicken. I don't understand what's happening. And she was like, oh, no, I eat a very clean diet. I never did that. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I parked it. 
So then when I'm doing the Reiki session, it came back. I was like, why am I seeing buckets and buckets of kicking? She was like, oh, well, on my cheat day, basically she binges kicking. And the blackness that I was seeing was the grease going through her body. And so, so I would feel things. I just, Reiki just like opened up all of these things. So I started doing what's called body scans because I was too insecure to say that I did readings. And so I would do the Reiki, I would do the body scan. And then, um, so one of my, actually my, he became my astrology teacher, Sam Reynolds, he used to do this thing when he lived in Brooklyn called the Zodiac Lab. Ooh, your sound's cutting out a little bit. I don't know what's happening. It sounds like you're far away. Yep. Can you hear me now? Yep, perfect. So uh, my astrology teacher, he used to do this thing here in Brooklyn called the Zodiac Lounge. And he would hire tarot readers, massage therapists. He hired me for Reiki. And it was just so funny you talked about the Black Panthers because one of the things that you know that the Black Panthers used to do is they would call people in under the guise of a party. And then they would turn the music off and that would be the lesson. Well, that's what Sam would do. He would have this thing called the Zodiac Lounge. There would be food, there'd be entertainment, there'd be people like us doing Reiki and meditation. Then he would turn the music off and he would do a teach-in about astrology and spirituality and all those things. So I would be lugging my Reiki table, which is back here, which is so huge. I would be lugging it to these places, doing the Reiki, doing the body scans. Then Sam says to me one day, why don't you just come in and just do readings? By then I had probably about five or six decks. I was playing around. You know, basically I taught myself on this very obscure Afro-Brazilian deck that's based on the Ifa religion. And so I was like, come in and just do a reading. And I was like, no, I don't, I only do readings within like Reiki. And he was like, no, I think you can probably, I think you're fine. (laughs) He's like, come in. You've undone enough. Yeah, he's like, you can, I think you can do it. And so I came in and what I realized is I actually channel. So I actually just hear things, but the cards are like, um, they help to visual. Yeah. Yeah. They give a visual to what I hear. So I really don't need the cards, but I like them. They're beautiful. Um, and they helped me tailor my message. So, yeah, I was in 2012. Yeah, I'm 2012. Fascinated with it. Uh, we started to, I went to an evangelical church and we would do, um, they would do words, right? They would do words. And I, I started to tap into like that divine intuition. Mm-hmm. And I ha- I have I haven't found a way to like to foster it. But then I what I can do, and I'll do this for reading. So what I'll, if somebody needs a bio, then I'll mm-hmm. write a bio for them. But it's mm-hmm. like, but it, it, the bio isn't just who they are now; it's also who they will be. So it's putting those words on them. So I like I could. <clears throat> I can um, I can see who people are on the other side of whatever it is that they're, and then I can anchor them to that future. But I haven't I don't know like where to go and like foster that. But I want like I mean it, I, yeah I've done it and I've been able to do it for myself my whole life. Be able to see where I'm trying to go. Like I don't even know how I'm going to get there. But anchor, when we're talking about that that experience of like I woke up I knew what I was going to do even though I didn't I like I don't have to know like that I don't I don't need to know um 
like what's gonna what like the next step is because I can anchor into that whatever that is but and I love doing that for people like I love like prophesying for people like saying like this is who you are this is this is this is who you've always been this is where you oh my god yes I want that service yes you don't know what to do Jared I'm gonna book a service (laughs) no I just no I we just I'll just I mean okay after after the reading I'll just say I'll just sit like I'll tap into that intuition and I'll say this is this is who I see um you this is who this is how I see you this is this is where you're going this is what you're gonna do okay we're gonna do that okay I, I, but then I want to, I would love to know, like, I want to be around more people that do this, but I haven't, I've never had access to it. Ever. We just have to create, look, I'm like, we, yeah. <laughs> oh no, we yes. just have to create it. Yeah. I'll come to Alaska. So I'm getting my yoga. I'm going on Saturday to Costa Rica to get my yoga teacher training. Oh my and God. I was so... love. You go back. I'm going, I'll go with you. I'll okay. go with you. Yeah. Well. And then I'm, I, I'll just come to the I love that. Yoga is a gateway. Yoga is the gateway drug. I know. Yeah. It's, 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 it's so insulting also to like a whole group of people who actually, it's disgusting. But um, I feel like that would be so amazing to do for survivors, like to, to forecast. It's, in, it's empowering. Medic. Yes, yes. It, it, it brings us out of survival where yes. I go into a place where like, I mean, I'm, I remember a spirit telling me like that I would need my imagination to dream about where I'm going. And yes. then the more I could do it for myself and the more I could cultivate for other people. Like I yes. get stuck in between, like I was trying to explain some of the um, where I know trauma is still anchored. Like I'm afraid about being hot, fired. I'm afraid I'm going to be homeless again. Then I'm like, no, but I know what those thoughts come from. Those are not my thoughts. Like those yeah. are, that's a trauma response. It's still, it's like an echo. It's still yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and then I will, I've really tried to, um, go into that place and I can, I think about like that. I was telling you about, I want to, I'm going to send you that report about the prayer. So yeah. like, and thinking about like that time outside of time, because now when I meditate, I will go back to places in my life. Like we, we talked about that, that time where I know that I played a part in preventing me from being sexually assaulted. Like I was there, I've gone back to like holding myself as a baby, as the mother I am now, but then I also go forward. Yeah. Like, and, or I'm asking my future self to be with me now. Yes. And I know that there are things that I need to do now that my future self needs me to do. Yes. Like yes. that is, I, um, need to, I don't know what else is still here. What is here? Like I'm doing the things like I yeah. got this, I got the microphone and I got the, like the ring light. Like I know that there are other things and, um, I know the story like about like the sexual assault, like that's going to be national news and I want to like connect them, the timing of it, um, to like, to jump into that space. Like I, I don't need anyone's permission to like, to jump into that space where, yeah, I am still, um, I feel like I have training wheels on. Like I yeah. am, I work for a coalition that pays me like a salary, even though the work that I, I was born to do is beyond that. Yes. Like I, I know, like I know that I'm going to go to another place where I'll have a lot of the autonomy that you have now yeah. that I can incorporate all these things in. Like I won't be in this box where they're like, you're here to talk about that. I can talk about like how, mm, Right. Um, all of the things that are liberating to me that inc- including yeah. things like this. And I, I just have, I haven't had the language for it or yeah. 
or or um, I haven't met the people yet that are going to help me do that. But you're, yeah. I know you're one. I know I'm you're one, one of them. I am. I am. Listen, I am completely down the rabbit hole, and I so get that piece around walking that line. You know, I think that what was healing for me, as you said, you're going to go to another place. So when I left the coalition world and I went to work at the Women of Color Network, and it's so interesting you talked about that diagram because our CEO, Tanya Lovelace, actually created a diagram that talked about the lifespan of women of color in these organizations like 20 it's years probably, ago. I'm probably talking about the exact same thing. Yeah. Probably. And there's like the probably little happy face and the little smiley mm-hmm. face. And it, and mm-hmm. when she met me, I was at that coalition. I was like, oh no, my executive director is fantastic. I was like that happy face. And then like I became the sad face. And um, yeah. so there is, there is that path, but working at the Women of Color Network for 13, 11 years, something like that, a long time after all these years at um, coalitions was so freeing because I wasn't surveilled. I didn't, I lost the fear of being fired because we were, ooh, we were all women of color except for two folks on staff. And we, we just knew we, we weren't gonna be fired if we like did our work, did the things that, you know, and that just like helped to grow my confidence and to and so that's why I say I have to rethink my story of this movement um, because the ways that people actually did pour into me, I don't want that to get lost in yeah. other people's trauma stories in this movement. Yeah. I want to be able to hold both of those things, but I think it's so important to feed into ourselves, yes, but to have our brilliance reflected back. Yes, it's priceless. Well, that I think that that is um, because what they have taken years to cultivate and understand, we immediately step into. Like we get it. Like we, like oppression. Like I got. I, I mean, I I understood it in a day, in less than Period. a day, in like thirty Period. minutes. Like they were like, here it is on the wall. This is what institutional. This is how it shows up in relationship. This is how it shows. Up. Done. Got it. And now I can, I can give you a million examples of what that looks like in, in interpersonal relationships, how this shows up in, in this organization, in these systems, in incarceration for law enforcement, all of these ways that they gave me language for things that I had already had. And, yes. and it's beyond, it's not even into this generation. Like we carry with us like 500 years of this. So it's just, it's like immediately known. Exactly. And then um, healing, like we step into this space for me, like it's predominantly white, which also meant that there's a lot of privilege there. So I'm stepping into a space of more privilege than I've ever experienced because they don't know harm the way that I know harm. And so they have had the luxury to really work on, you know, some of these things that I, I'm, I'm witnessing for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I, those, I have like four that I've sustained those relationships. Like I'm alive because of them mm-hmm. and I give them, I give them all of that credit and they, I mean, and, and I can be very honest about where the places that we're missing and what I, I'll challenge people to say is that they love me. They, they adore me and I, I love and adore them too. They're fam- like family to me. And I just remind them that each person that they're providing services to is another me. There's no difference. The difference between the person coming in and me is that somebody gave me the time and, and somebody, um, reflected my value and reminded me of the value that I hold. And that's every single, any, any person like that, I, that, that has that, you know, can, can live out their dream. 
Yeah, and I think that's the importance for people like us that, that, that have proximity to whiteness, that work in those spaces to, to you know, to reflect that back to people. Um, that yeah, we're no different. Like we're just we're just here working with y'all. <laughs> you just well, took the time to get to know us. Because <laughs> as you and I are thinking about where we want to go, yeah. that once we see that it's possible for somebody else, then we do it. That's right. So like I mean, it might be that we're like picking somebody, and I'll tell like well, after the reading, I'll tell you like where I'm feeling like what the okay. next what the thing for you was coming up. Like a, um, they're asking you some questions, but like it's big. Like you have like Oprah energy, like like the, you the sky is the limit. Like, I mean, like you Don't like yeah, absolutely. You're giving me goosebumps. Stop it. No, absolutely. <laughs> like yeah, no. I see. I mean, I I I I know we're getting there, but I see you like captivating a large audience, like and being able to channel that divine intuition, and like I see you doing interviews for people. And having that prep work, but the, the real star of the show is your ability to be a conduit for divine wisdom and knowledge. Like that's where you're like, that's where you really shine is that you're able to open yourself up and um, the presence that you give other people feel that. So they're immediately, so I see other people, like the visual I have is you sitting there and another person and the hearts are open, um, like complete. So then it makes this space where people are feeling secure in, in you, that you guys, you can get to that space. And it's very like, um, I, yeah, I just, I see people sitting there, but I also see like so many other people like watching and learning and it's also opening them up. Like, even though it's, it's um, you and this other person and you can feel that too, like the way that you command a room and 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 energy like it's it's so filling to you and people know it because it, it's healing like yeah. i like I, I see you sitting in these like you and this other person in, in this chair and i see like the, the the cameras all around and and the and the conversation and the healing it's very real like you're giving people this experience of something that feels very new yeah it's like oprah but on a whole other level like where we need her to be now <laughs> Like you know where 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 she could have been, but oh god, no, pulled herself out too. Yeah. Well, that's literally what you 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 just went into my head and plucked out my drink. Like literally, when I that's what I see. Yeah. So that's oh okay. yeah. That's, no, it's thank so you. It's, thank you. <laughs> it's it's there. It's already there. Like it's it's there. Like you just have to claim it. Like it's already there. It's right. Like you just have to grab it. I don't like you're. I don't know what it like the the next part. Like what I um. You have to ask for it. That's what it is. You have to say I want this thing to whoever. I don't know. Like you you like you have to you have to go for it. You have to step into it. Yeah. Like you just okay. you need to say this is what I'm thinking. This is what I want. This is what I want to do. I am, I know that, like, I know that I've been, I can, I resonate with some of the, the feeling about that, about asking for too much yeah, or taking up too much space. Yeah. But like the, but you can take up all the space, all the space, you take up all the space, like, and it's a freely, freely yours. It's all right there. It's That's all so right there. That's so interesting. So there's a podcast and a group I'm a part of. They're called Missing the Missing Witches. You would find them very interesting. They're yes. from Canada. They're phenomenal. And um, they were talking about yesterday, I was listening to their uh, Halloween episode, and they were talking about women taking up space. 
So it's so interesting that that's come up. So I wonder, is that the focus of the reading for you around space for the overall theme? What are you thinking? I think I, um, like, I know that I'm on the cusp of uh, big change again. Like, I can feel okay. it. Okay. I know that things are about to change in my relationship. I think that, yeah, like, that we're growing, we have, yeah. I actually think my partner's going to propose to me pretty soon. And I, I'm, um, I, I've wanted that for a long time, and I want to be with him, but I'm also, like, um, I, um, yeah, I love the direction that our, like, family, our family is going. I just have a lot of reservations about the institution of, yeah. I was like, you okay. can take my last name. <laughs> okay, let's see. Well, yeah, you've got a Well, so there's that, and then I know for my career, like, I know that, um, yeah, that, that something else is, like, is, is coming. But I, okay. yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure where to focus on. I think both of those are good. I think both of those are okay. good. I think that when we don't know specifically what to ask the question for me is always around mindset and like what's the best mindset to have around whatever it is so I think that what is the best mindset um is good for both of those and then I'm also hearing key word like and that's what this this storyteller is about so so and this is actually, this is Girl Underground. And so this is about like the fairy tale stories of the girl who goes underground. She meets different adversaries and then she comes into her own and she emerges. That's basically what this is. Ooh, I love it. I wrote it down. I'm like, I'm going to find it and buy yeah. it. Yes. And then just play with it. I'm going to see yes. what it tells me. And I it's good for story prompts. It's by actual writers, too. So it's, like, good for, for prompts that you could use with your sessions and things oh, like that, too. The screen is a little bit blurry. I wish I could see it better. I'm going to okay, try it. I wonder what happens when I make your screen big. Oh, holy crap. Okay, 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 okay. Okay. All right. So the first question is, what do you all want Christina to know? Oh, Interesting. There's something about reclaiming your name. I just heard. I don't know what that means, but um, something about she needs to reclaim her name. I don't know what that means. But let's get, um, what else? What do you want Christina to know? Oh, oh, wow. Wow. Remember your story. Oh, holy smokes. And we started that, but before we even came on the recording, I was like, when are you going to write your book? I know. It's, 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 it, it, yeah, it's, it is time. Remember your story. So I also do numerology, the science of numbers. And yes. so this card is card number 50. And so we would reduce that to a five in numerology and five equals freedom. Wow. Yes. So there yes. is freedom. Freedom connected to your story yes is there anything else from this deck no there's nothing else from this deck now here's what's interesting so there's that overall theme and then i shuffled the cards and sitting at the top of the deck a new relationship cycle begins 
Yes. And we have new moon in Libra. Now, of course, we are right now, we are in the new moon in Scorpio. I mean, new moon season. Um, the new moon was a couple of days ago, but we're still in the new moon energy. And so for me, when I work with new moons, I work with them for the next six months. And so this would be a six month cycle, right? A new romantic cycle right there. So keeping yeah. that, which is kind of a confirmation. So what is the best mindset around? Because that's kind of, um, that's kind of the overall theme is this new romantic cycle. And then around a mindset, it says a time to give rather than take new moon in Virgo. For me, I'm feeling this is actually internal. I'm not feeling like this has to do with your relationship. It's like giving yourself, I'm hearing a break. Ugh, I heard she needs to rest, like rest, relax. Mm -hmm. Adjustments yeah. are required and you are good enough. And this actually fell on the floor and I picked it up and shuffled and there it is again. So if there, are ways, yeah. mm -hmm, if there are ways that you can slow down, I know you have an eight, uh, eight month old, but if there is ways that you can, what I'm hearing is give yourself some tenderness and um, more care to go ahead and do that. And yes. that will actually give you the brain space, yeah, it's like stepping back, maybe in like January or February. Like oh, no, I'm back. taking a whole month off in December. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> there we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. So you're taking that time off in December. So I'm seeing like January or February. That's when the like planning can come in. It's almost like you're pulling back and then the whole world is open in front of you. So yeah, so actually take that time off. Mm -hmm. What else do you have? Anything else? This you are good enough. I don't know if you have that. Oh my goodness, wow, wow, wow. I don't know if you have this written somewhere. This you are good enough. Yeah, um, I do. I have it. I have it written everywhere, but it comes okay. from that. Like, I still feel like the stupid village girl that shouldn't be here. Right. Like it's like, um, so I immediately think I'm, I want to do this thing. And then I'll think, no, you don't this, 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 or, you know, those, that, um, that old way of thinking those mm -hmm. that it's a habit mm -hmm. that started probably before I was even born, mm -hmm. you know, like being born into that, like second rate citizen as a woman, as an indigenous person that, yeah, that is still, um, it's, uh, uncomfortable to take up space to speak yeah. that truth to, to, I love the reclaim your name. Too. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but I just heard it. But here's what's so interesting right after you are good enough. I got the star. So it's like, yeah, those old habits. I, I definitely still have those as well. Sometimes it's like, but essentially this is who 
you are this is who we are like this not just like the star of the show not just stardust because we're also made of stardust right but it's like you are the star in so many ways and then this card this rise was sitting at the top of the deck i shuffled this star came out and literally this rise was sitting at the top of the deck again so it's like i had to i had to show it it's almost like you're the the sun and the the moon right because it's like we got the sunrise here and then we've got the nighttime there so it's like you are everything and then oh this is so interesting so definitely the beginning of a cycle of change just like you said because we have two new moons here we have the new moon in libra and we have the new moon in virgo and new moons are all about starting new things new beginnings new cycles so i think the way for you to ease into these new beginnings that are coming mm -hmm, is making the adjustments one resting giving the central nervous system time to rest so that it can really lock into this idea of not just being good enough, but actually being the sun and the stars. Creation itself. And that, that somehow is linked to, that creation itself is linked to this remembering your story and reclaiming your name. Oh, maybe that's a part of the whole court thing, reclaiming your name. Yes. Huh. I know. I'm like, it's uh, like Christina Christ-like and love. Like, I, yeah, that, I, that it is, that is um, my superpower that I can. Like, everything that I am is, is, a, is, is because, of, because of love. So and, uh, that, that's what the story is. It's the story of love. Yes. And it's retelling that, retelling that story, re-remembering. Re well, and the, it, it's like that too. I also, I have that feeling that, um, like that we get to be the people that show what's possible. You yes. know, like that's that, right. right? Um, like I, I mean, I see Oprah for you, but that's because I, I can't, I, be, even though you're going to be, um, a different, bigger version of it because I don't, I don't have, I, I haven't seen anything like that's the highest that I can see for, mm. especially in that. But, but you are, um, there are some similarities because it's a household name because you are doing that, but, but you have, you've done so much of the hard work, you know, that you can, you can, and, and you're not afraid to talk about these issues that we need to, to be talked about, but I don't have an, another I, I haven't seen it. Like I have never, uh, like Deb Holland for the department of like the first native, right? Yes. Or um, here, Mary Patola is the first native woman to ever be in Congress. Like I've never seen, like we are, we are yeah. you know, the first of many, the first yes. of many, 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 many. Yes, I love it. And so it's interesting because I was thinking about the court. So I was pulling on that, the whole court thing. And this is my wishes come true card in the deck because every deck comes with like some extra cards and 
most readers will give meaning to the extra card. And so this is the wishes come true. So it's almost like as you go into this process that you're going into, it's almost like make sure you know what your North Star is when you're going into this next phase with, with these people. Make sure you don't lose. Oh, shit. Maybe that's this remembering your story and reclaiming your name. Don't don't ever forget your North Star, like the reason you're speaking up, the reason. Be crystal clear on that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, even as you go into the spaces, maybe you write down, like, I'm doing this because... Da, 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 da. I want to see da, 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 happen. I want, and it's like only focusing on what you want to happen, what your vision is, how you want to feel, and that I want to feel strong. I want to feel heard, or not even I want to. I will be strong. I will be heard. My story will be told. I will be believed. I will be seen. Like making affirmations in the affirmative. And take those into your, I hate to use like fight language and battle and things like that, but court is, that's the nature of the courts. Um, but that's what you're taking in with you. Okay, I will be strong. I will be heard. I will be seen. I will be believed. I will take up space. I will get the money I'm asking for. Oh, that's really big. Yes, it is. <laughs> I have, they're in the process of trying to settle. Like we are, I, I originally had thought um, $5 million is what I'm going to mm -hmm. ask for. Mm -hmm. And they, right now they're trying to offer me, um, they want to settle and it to just go away without ever having to go to trial or anything. And it's a lot lower than I had thought. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, it's nothing, it's more money than I've ever had access to. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's a lot more money than I've ever had access to. But I also know that if I can dream, then I want, That's then right. I, then it's bigger. Like, I don't, That's we right. don't have to settle. I'm never going to be homeless again. I'm never going to be That's without right. like that That's right. poverty mindset has completely come off. And if I am, and if I'm dreaming it, then I want, I want, That's I want right. the biggest. And, That's then, right. and, and thinking about it being like larger, this is access to generational wealth. Like, not just like that, my children, my children's children, my children, like for the next hundred years out, we'll be yes. fine. Yes, I love it. I love it. And and that's this dream. And that's this wishes come true card. That's what I have. I'm writing it all down. I know. I see. <laughs> exactly. We're speaking it into existence. I wish I could just see more clearly about my career, like, and, and oh. be, like, and just dream about it. Like, what do I see for, like, I know that I will write my book and then mm -hmm. what does that, what does that look like? What will I, what, what will I do? And then I, I'll travel around and speak about it. And, um, yeah, I, how does it all work that I, I want to be able to do, um, the prevention that we're talking about, like going into the villages and being oh. part of that, like community collective chain. It's so filling for me to oh. witness people remember who they are. And, um, and I want to do it before, like there's so much money in prevention and especially around like the opioid epidemic. And it feels like a little bit of a race, even though I know that time is like, that's a very, 
white supremacy. Like I, I have time and also now is the time. Now is the time. Time to write that. Now is the time. I can tell you what I'm hearing and then we'll get some clarification with the cards on like couple of years out. I don't have my, I have actual cards that give me time and things like that. I don't have them with me, but I'm going to just like, um, so as far as the book, it's like this experience, the book documentary, all linked. And so it's like, what do you do after the book publisher? speaking engagements, but you can't be afraid to be in the world. You can't be afraid to be seen. Like it's, it's, it's like a mirroring actually. So this is Zoe. Um, I'm mirroring what you said to me around, um, claiming it and being okay with a certain level of attention. So going back into the channeling. So it's like two hands here, just like the scale. And it's like private life, public life, private life, public life. If I take this on, will this take me away from my family, um, the access I have, the people that I can touch? And it's like, no, step into it, step into it all fully. Write the book. Also, don't worry so much about what's going to happen afterwards it's funny that's why i got that eight of pentacles i got that eight of pentacles yes oh that's so good that's really good right because the eight of pentacles is hard work it's something that has to be worked for but it was in reverse so it doesn't have to be hard work it's already there i've written my book a thousand times it's already here I have I done it again and again, but I have had fear for a long time. I thought people would say you have to I do speaking engagements. I tell my story from the beginning or tell parts of it, or there's so many things and so many great, wonderful things that I want people to know, um, other things that, um, that have to happen. And I would say, no, you know, there's some things about my story that aren't mine, my mm-hmm. family, and <laughs> I can't wait for them to not be in trauma, you know? He said, this is so funny about the name. It's just kind of a bad, it's a bad joke. But my sister said, I'm very open about having abortions and it's not, you know, it was um, grateful that I waited to have children for when I was uh, in state, well, where I was safe, you know, and, and having my needs met. But my sister called and asked for money and I knew she was using it on drugs. I have 12 sisters. Like, that's a whole other thing. Like they are, we, and we were all, you know, gravely harmed. And um, a lot of them, they're all struggling, you know, they're all in that place. And I said, I I can't, I'd already sent her money and I knew she was using on that. And I, I said, oh, but what I can do is I can get you a hotel. I can do this or that. But that wasn't what she wanted. And so she got really upset and she said, um, you know, F you, you're awful. And then she said, you're a disgrace to the love name because you're a baby killer. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I just, I mean, I knew, I knew where it's coming from. I've absolutely been there. And I was like, not our pedophile father. <laughs> like that's not, I think that's the other part of like, you know, of reclaiming that name that here in Alaska, or especially in our community, people know that name and it's associated oh. to harm, you know, people Got know it. who he was and just it, it being and, um, yeah, and then me not, I resented my name for a long time. Um, and then when I, growing up, people called me Chrissy. So when I got that word that I was going to go away, the moment that I stepped off the plane, I said, this is who I am. I said, my name is Christina, um, my name, and I come from a very, I took my favorite parts about myself and I didn't talk about the trauma. Mm-hmm. And it feels like I'm coming into another 
Um, it's so interesting that you say that. Like, it, it feels like it's another season of that where I get to say, this is who I am. Ah. And I get, to, I get to say, this is who I am. This is, um, this is how I see myself. And, mm-hmm. and be that person that I, that mm-hmm. I see. But it's another, like, everything else is coming off. It's all coming off. And there's a little bit of, you know, we have the death card in reverse. And so it's like definitely the rebirth is here whenever. So for me, when I read reversals, it's energy that's waiting to be released. Um, And so there's just a little bit of, you know, again, trepidation here and actually moving forward and completely putting things to bed. But we know that it's not going to be hard work, especially with this eight of pentacles here. And there was something else. Oh, so a, a way to get around being the focus, particularly if you decide to do any kind of documentary or anything like that, is to weave your story within the story of others. So then it's not just you. It's yes. like this That's is exactly. Me. This happened to me, and it also happened to this person, this person, this person, this person. And so it's like, in that way, you are not the lightning rod. You are not the focus. You are the driver of the transformation and all of those things. But it's like weaving it into a larger story that you were talking about, connecting the dots. Yes. Yes, I know that. We, um, from the beginning of this process, we, I have the option to go alone or bring everybody with me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. absolutely, we're all going together. Mm-hmm. And then we had already, we've been approached by a couple of people to do the documentary. It's kind of, we were working with um, the, the same company that did The Hunting Ground, and they also did the oh. documentary for Mia Farrow. But they, um, they recently told us that they were looking for, that they wanted to focus on more records. Um, recognizable names which is kind of ironic like we're saying like these things are happening in our community as a result of like people not really um knowing you know like that's a big part of it that um and i already know i can see that it's going to be huge like the story is going to be it's bigger than me it's all it's always been bigger than me and it's bigger even though there are all these other women who are going to be a part of it and we're going to collectively that's bigger than all of us too like I've always, yeah, I've always felt that. And I think that I, um, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that I've seen other people where this work becomes ego and that's where some of the trepidation is that I, that it's important to stay grounded and to, um, tell my story, but to never lose that like humility and that vulnerability, um, that keeps us grounded. Yeah. I don't know, but I don't know if yeah. that, that feels right to me. That's yeah. Like it, yeah. That all of these things are going to come in time and to never, never forget like where I came from and, and my connection. And there's also something about tying in the mission schools. There's also something about that. Um, there's something about that. And yeah, almost like, ugh. and it, it really, for me, 
again, this is Zoe, um, when I see stories about black people and they start during the slave trade, it's really irritating because they don't talk about who we were before. Yes, 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 yes. Right? And so I love when you were talking about your child and talking about who you all were before contact. However, for this, whatever I'm seeing right now, kind of shining more light on the mission schools and the impact of that, that's what I'm seeing. Like you might change your mind, but for right now, and that's what Oh, no, I, all of it. Yeah, no, I, I am there. Well, and that, um, I, there's, there are, like the timing is right. There's a lot of focus on missing and murdered indigenous people. And we mm -hmm. can, you and I could talk about that like another mm -hmm. time, but mm -hmm. like for people to understand like how that comes to happen and how we all play a part in that. Mm -hmm. I, I want people to know that like, I, like, yes, the mission schools, I think there's a couple different stories and this feels like my, it is, my life's work has been, um, to tell my story in connection to the larger story, right? right. Like, so where, when the story before the story, so before I was even born, these are the things that were happening that made way for my own individual and how my path um, mirrors, reflects, right, um, a lot is parallel to this larger path and and um, and for people to 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 absolutely know that um, things like the mission school and the missionaries are play a part in so many of us like continue, like genocide is still happening for us. Yeah, we are we're still dying. Assimilation is still happening. Like right. Which is why I'm speaking English, you know, rather than right. rather than our native language. But yeah, right. that's and it's 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 in me. Like I am waiting to give birth to it. It's right. all there. It's all there, you know. And I feel like and then um, things like like this podcast and even the work that I've been doing at the coalition has helped um, um, me to um, make things linear. Because, you know, when we're survivors, it takes a long time to be able to tell our story and um, from one point to another, it's all right. over the place and right. to have the right words. And so I've been practicing again and again. I've been practicing, like pulling these things, being able to tell the story, um, working through that trauma so that when I do, it's not deeply re-traumatizing for me. Right, exactly. And that's the other thing I'm hearing is a podcast, which is so funny because when you came on screen and I saw your microphone, I was like, oh, she's a podcaster. Like she already has a podcast. So what could be interesting too, is if there are survivors of the mission schools that yeah. maybe you could begin interviewing them. Yeah. Um, there's also something about a powerful elder, um, woman that could be of assistance. I don't know what that means. That's, that's all I heard. I tried to pull a card on it and I didn't, didn't make any sense. So that's all I have right now. So that could be just something to park in lot. Like, oh, so when you meet this person, be like, oh, maybe that was probably the person Zoe was talking about. But just beginning with the podcast, because you don't have to be seen. Like for hours, there's, we're talking and there's video, but when I release it, it's just going to be audio. And then maybe some down, sometime down the road, I'll upload it to my YouTube, but it's pretty much just audio for the for like the first couple of months. So you could still have some level of um, anonymity. anonymity um, yeah. With the Before podcast. the sexual assault, I did a radio show and my, uh, it won an award. And I had, I didn't, I, and then after the sexual assault, I didn't go back. I could not speak. 
I like lost the ability. Um, I could not talk about the assault for like three months. I couldn't, I like, it wouldn't come out. It would not come, even though it was so confusing to me, even though I understand this, I, I it wouldn't, I couldn't say it. I could not to my partner, not to my, my best friend, not to advocates, no one. Then, so when I finally did um, speak, it was, it was privately on an online um, survivors group that I just said, this is, this thing happened to me. And that, that was the first place. And I'm grateful for that. And I think that's important for people to know because the first people that we tell who, when harm has happened, like changes everything. When we, yeah, that, to not have shame, that's what creates like PTSD. But, um, and then my voice like went out, like my throat chakra. And my, even my voice now is still coming back. I know where, like my natural, like it, right now it's a little bit high, where it naturally is, is lower. Like if I go, ah, oh, that right there, that's my natural. Mm. I haven't, I'm trying to, like I know it's it's coming back, but even like when I listen, it, for a long time it was even like scratchy. And like, it's so, int- I was just like Googling, like how do I clear that? Like what's going to yeah, happen? That's I think so it'll nice. happen naturally, but I don't know if there's something else that I should be doing to yeah. come back to that. I I think that there's probably, I have to look and see, I was just thinking over my essential oils, um, something for the throat chakra, some an actual essential oil if your skin isn't too sensitive that you could put on there. I'm hearing ylang ylang, which is interesting. Um, well, and for healing, yeah, I know that um, after, um, so the sexual assault and then birth, so my root chakra. Mm-hmm. And um, and then the what's the next one from there? Solar like the, plexus. Yes. Your sacral. Yeah. Your root. My your sacral. sacral. Yeah, yeah, that is the space. That's that's the other one that um, I am looking at all these different pathways. Like I'm, I am. There's health issues there, but I know that it's trauma that needs mm-hmm. to be released. Like it has it's like that. Yeah. So there are yoga poses that you can do specifically for the sacral chakra and also for the root chakra too. And for the root, you could take lavender and actually put that on the soles of your feet to help you feel Ooh. more grounded and like more rooted. That lavender will help to root you down. Um, so just putting lavender on your feet and maybe walking around your house barefoot or in your snuggly shoes and um, so that you can feel more rooted and grounded. It's interesting. Yeah, I've been using a lot of lavender recently. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've never, I haven't put it on my feet though, so I will, I can do that. Absolutely. And if you have amethyst crystal, um, putting amethyst, okay, putting that like on your belly, even though that's technically the solar plex, but just like yeah, letting that lavender absorb everything from those lower chakras and then um on the next full moon just put it in the window so that the sun and things like that can cleanse it i i was gifted amethyst um yeah um i think i like it maybe a year ago and i i don't know i just where i put it but then i just rediscovered it and then have started wearing it so I, I just, um, all the things, it was interesting. Yeah. My son broke my, I've got a couple of others that I will, um, different crystals that I'll wear, but he broke the chain of the other ones. So then I've just been wearing the amethyst. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. I was looking at ordering new chains yesterday. So I just keep wearing that. Yeah. So that, so you can definitely, amethyst is, you know, it's, it's protective. So 
um, letting it just soak up, you know, intentionally anything that's lingering. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. so appreciate this has been so many, so many Yay. things. I yes. feel like, yeah, I, you've given me confirmation about what needs to happen. And I, I'm going to um, write some affirmations about um, claiming that, right? I will be strong. I will be heard. I will be seen. I will be believed. I will take up space. Um, I will get the money that I'm thinking of. Um, I will have the career that I'm thinking of right now is the time and making the connection between the book and the documentary, um, tying in together, like my own individual journey with, with others, but not being trepid. I kept like, I really heard that again, right? That that energy is inside of me, not being released, not, um, that it's it's ready to be to be released and that time of rest i really feel that yeah. this month is about to be so i have this week and next week i can really rest and then i'm going to be on the go for like two weeks of tr lots of travel lots of speaking but um and then um and then um, we come back and it's that holiday for thanksgiving um which i want to reconnect with friends and then all of december from the first to the 20th um we'll be in palm springs with my family oh, great Okay. And John's family's coming. I know. And I'm really, um, I want to think very intentionally about what I want to do with that time. Okay. All right. Cool. Just lots and lots of, of resting. I'm excited to see where you go, like what your next steps are going to be like and how you are getting to where you want to be. I don't know. I have, no I have so much to learn from you. Like, I want to, like, yeah, I just want to soak up all of your, like, uh, I'll come to Alaska. Healing career. Yes. Yeah. You will. You, you want to come. Yeah. You let me know. And I, know. I will. Yes. Yeah. For real. We will, right. we'll book it. It can be whatever you want it to be. It can yes. be a mixture of, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Spiritual oh. work and and good stuff and ritual. Yes. And I think that this is so important also just to bring these connections cross-culturally. Like it's so important what um, this engagement uh, because there's so much that we can learn and more importantly than us learning, but also what we can share cross-culturally it's it's just really really important um do you so, want to look at you you um look at your calendar and dream about when you want to come to alaska when's the best time i i, I was just gonna say the best time i think um the spring right before summer i think okay um, I, I think, um, this is what I, what I see. And I, I think, and I know the pot of money that we I can use to bring you to, um, that like, I, I, we, I've been talking to Kathy about doing some of this work that I had really wanted to happen, but I think it'll be better after. And it was, um, I would love to bring you in to do um, healing for our coalition, giving a space. They really, they have not been able to heard, they've not been able to hear um, how um, racism has impacted me and other indigenous people in the work. And so it really, I, what, I, what I have envisioned for a long time is a truth telling session and then repair for them to, I think need to hear it. And then we need to go through a process of repair. Mm -hmm. And, um, um, and I think that after that, like I, um, 
we can have those relationships. And I, I think eventually I'll move more into, I'll continue to work with them, but it'll be in consultation. Like I won't be, yeah. I won't yeah. be in it. And I, I like, it feels, I mean, I don't know if that is just me like holding on to cause I'm afraid of going on to the next thing. Like I, I'm still in that space where I, yeah. I feel like I need that um, monthly paycheck before right. I can branch out into, you know, yeah. Maybe it's because I have a baby. I don't know. Uh, maybe you think. I mean, I did it. I did that. I just like even when I was at Women of Color Network, I like did my business, all my business stuff, and I really used that money to pay for other things, to like set myself up, and even really, even when I gave my notice, it was February of 2020 when it was my last day and I still had projects to do and they were like, Hey, do you want to just stay to finish out those projects? And I was like, absolutely. And so I had funding through all of 2020 when so many people didn't have work. Yeah. So, you know, everything in divine timing. Oh yes. Everything. I'm going to write that. I always say, yeah, that, um, that, um, that there's a natural timeline that mm -hmm. things will unfold. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And absolutely. it's just, it's being open to that and yeah. The, the, yeah, the humility of where where I am and where we're going and how yeah. it all, it can't all happen at once. It'd be overwhelming, but like, yeah. trust the process, trust the it's process. True. So one last question for this part one, which has been two hours, which is amazing. Um, I'm so, oh, it's the best way to start the week. Yeah. So good. So good. And, and I, when I, the rare time when the calls go this long, I don't split them up. <laughs> like people can just listen all the way through, or they can, you know, listen how I listen to podcasts a little now, a little later. And y'all got so it. much information that I know you're going to be taking notes just like Christina is because she didn't drop so many jewels. Yes. So what do you want to leave people with as we come to a close? Mm. I, um, I want to give people the permission to dream like we do. Mm. I want like, so what advocacy taught me, um, was empowerment and I, I know empowerment because somebody gave it to me. And so, so some of like the clinical turns are, uh, strength-based and that means that we're self-sovereignty. Like we talk about in, um, us as indigenous cultures, there's tribal sovereignty and community. And then individual sovereignty means that, um, that you believe that you have everything that you need to navigate any situation. And when you cultivate that for yourself, that you can give that to other people like that. The truth of that is, is that, right? We can't working with other people or even in our communities that we, we only take them as far as we have gone ourselves. So if you're listening, I wanna give you that permission to dream so big to see yourself on the other side of whatever your obstacles are, whether it's your relationship, whether it's your own healing journey, whether it's even your connection to source or um, financially um, health that, um, that by envisioning yourself on the other side, anchor, you don't even need to know the details about how you're gonna do whatever, how you're gonna make your million dollars, how you are going to have your dream home, how you're gonna have the family you know, that you need it as a child, whatever it is, how are you going to travel the world and go to all these places and, um, and live this life, um, 
poetically, you know, that um, some of my favorite parts of his life, I remember coming out of jail and having coffee and cookies, like, and that is, that is that the simplicity, the beauty, like that's, that is what makes this all worth living and having these relationships that are deeply meaningful and rejuvenating. Like Zoe and I are going to be great friends. I can see it. Like we're going to be lifelong <laughs> friends. I'm going to call you. You're going to call me. We're going to vacation together. Like, and um, having these relationships that are so rich, like it's, it's like cold water on a hot day. It's refreshing. It scratches that part of your brain and that part of your soul that we need like these relationships the kind of relationships that that tell us more about who we are and what our life's work is what our mission what our purpose the kind of um, relationships and the kind of work that makes us come alive and feel our most authentic um, selves you know where we feel so free and creative and grounded in tune so giving you permission to have all of those things um write it down anchor yourself in in the future and and stretch yourself really you know use your imagination start with yourself expand out to your family um go to your community um and and to our nation and to our world there's no limitation i really believe that all this harm that we're seeing um here in this country on this continent came from people coming over and they have this dream so it's really important for us to dream and that's that's where we are we are, we're in this um this spiritual battle um and um a lot of the things that you know that we we talked about connecting a lot of dots including into the spiritual realm and when we when we are in survival it's difficult for us to dream so if we if you can take that that time out for yourself and immediately um, if it's not scaring you then it's not big enough like really try and stretch yourself um so some of the things that i'm just i'll give you an example some of the things oh i'll give you a practice of what you can do um whenever i'm going through a transformation i'm going to do this um um, i'm going to immediately i'm going to put it on my calendar today so what i do is i write out all of my fears that i have around my relationship that i have around who i am as a person that i have around my career um and then i on the exact um on the other page i write out the exaggerated truth so my fear is that I'm not smart enough. So the exaggerated truth is that I'm brilliant, that I'm a genius, that people will come to me for knowledge, for wisdom. Um, my fear is that no one loves me, right? That everyone's going to leave me, that deep abandonment. The exaggerated truth um, is that I'm deeply loved, um, that I um, that I have these meaningful, deep, connected relationships in every area of my life that sustains me, that, um, that the right people who are supposed to be in my life are in my life, um, and they're there, um, and they're not going anywhere. They're going to be there lifelong, like, like Zoe and and um, other people that I'm thinking of. Um, so I'm afraid that, um, right, that I'm going to be fired, that um, that I'm going to be homeless. So the exaggerated truth of that, right, is that I will have all of my needs met in abundance for my family and other people, that, um, that the things that I'm chasing are also um, coming after me. That, um, that I will never know poverty um, or my family right? for the next hundred years, for the next hundred generations that I can think globally, that I will be um, a person who knows how to um, cultivate resources, including financial. Um, and I will know this so well that I can generate 
generate it, that it will generate itself and I will know it so well that I, I can um, educate other people and communities um, so that none of us will know that um, that generational poverty that has played that. So like this, these are the things that I, I want you um, to be able to do for yourself. And it's so important that we do this because we come out of survival and then we get to teach other people. And the more that we do this for ourselves, then we can reflect that in other people. The more that we dive into who we are when when Trump, when everything that falls off, everything that we weren't meant to be, when that all falls off and we, we see ourselves as who we were born to be, who we authentically are, that none of these things that what we forgive ourselves for um, the ways that we have survived, right? That we aren't the poor behavior, that we aren't um, any of the things that we've said and we've done out of survival, that those are symptomatic of things that are not our fault. And then when all those things fall off, then we get to see ourselves um, who we uh, were authentically created to be, and we get to see that in other people. And this is one of the most important things that we do as, as individuals and communities who have experienced this harm is that we give ourselves permission to dream. So, so, so big, like big capital letters. Big. Yes, Christina oh. Love, everybody. Christina Love, check her out. So how can people get a hold of you? Um, I don't know. What is the best way to get a hold of me? Um, I, you know what? I like just created this new email I, okay. like last week. Um, okay. I think it's. I actually have to look it up. I think it's Christina Love Consulting. Dot org. Uh, let me look at. Okay. I, like I just created this. I I'm right. like don't even know what the email is. <laughs> let's see here. What is it? When we go to let's see here my primary let's see here it is yep yeah, it's christina love consulting at gmail.com that's what okay. it is all right so there you go contact christina for bookings oh my goodness i'm so i feel like you just i just leveled up on so many levels just by being in your presence like you just did the thing for me that I see you doing for so many people. Like you just, you gave me permission on so many levels. Oh my gosh. I knew this was going to be big. Man, it's and I just, huge. Couldn't have known. It's huge. The last, that last bit of what you said, you don't know. I had my eyes closed. I was like, yes, take me there. Let's oh. go. Yes. <laughs> oh, so powerful. This is absolutely hands <laughs> down the most powerful prophetic uh, conversation I've ever had ever it's on and popping it's Halloween so we know the ancestors are listening so we already know everything we said is going out tenfold so that's it thank you thank you thank you for being on the show thank you all that are listening I already know that y'all are to the moon I already know and so that's it I'm Zoe Flowers I will talk to you soon bye Bye.